Welcome to the Wake Up Your Warrior podcast with me, Christine Cohen. Every week, we will share conversations with humans whose lives have been transformed by the power of movement on their mental health, break down the latest neuroscience, and hopefully inspire you to wake up your inner warrior to fight for the best versions of you every single day. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, Warrior. So I was having a harder time last week, and I thought maybe if you were feeling similarly, we could chat about it. I'm sharing this talk I did on an IGTV last week, sharing how I handle hard days because they come. And if you want to watch the video, by the way, please go follow me on Instagram at christine.cohen. So what I know for sure is the only thing that's constant is change. Hard days will come and so will beautiful days. What I share in this episode is my perspective shift in that it's no longer the external environment that I rely on to ground me and shift my energy. Why? Because I cannot control what's going on outside of me. So what do I do about it? Glennon Doyle puts it as, stop asking what if and start asking what is. So what is, is that I am safe in this moment. I can only control my internal energy and how I respond, how I respond to what's going on around me. The tools I share here, I use to help me ground into that energy, physiologically and psychologically, so that I can feel what I'm feeling, trust I will ride the wave through, and also trust I will not be pulled under. Here's today's episode. Hi guys. So, you know, I've been talking to you just, I don't know, through private messages and whatnot over the last week, but um, I don't know if anyone else has struggled with this, but showing up on days where you just feel like emotionally and mentally, it's a harder day. Good morning, Rose. So good to see you. I think that we can all relate to this. So we're just gonna, we're just gonna all assume that this is going to be a conversation that we're having together. And I really do want it to be a conversation. I don't want it to just be like sharing what works for me. I would love for you to comment and share what works for you in this realm also. But what do you do on your harder days? Like, how do you balance prioritizing yourself, your mental health, your energy, your boundaries? What's going to prevent your energy from leaking even more? so that you can show up for the things that are the most important in your life. Like, first of all, how do you, what, how do you even take account of what's most important in your life to show up for on your hardest days? Because even on our best days, it's a challenge to show up for all the things. And that's when we're running at our most efficient and we feel the best and we're just like in flow. So on days where we feel resistance, where we're more tired, where our mental health, whether it's anxiety, depression, is exacerbated by whatever is triggering us, whether that's, you know, physical inflammation or a psychological inflammation of triggers, both contribute as root causes and can also exacerbate our mental, you know, our moods, not even just how we feel day to day, but truly how our anxiety and depression are manifesting in that day. And I've just been thinking about like, you know, times where things are sort of status quo. It's just like the normal amount of anxiety (laughs) that we know how to deal with. It's like, oh, 
normal amount of anxiety, level whatever, this is how I manage that, right? This is how I know to help myself and to block off what I need to block off. This is how I manage my energy. This is how I manage my thoughts. This is how I ground myself. But what do we do on days where like all the shit is in the air, there's 50 fans on the ceiling, and the shit is flying around the room? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what do we do on those days? And how do we show up for ourselves? What do we show up for on those days? And this is like the key for me without feeling shame and guilt for doing so. Without feeling shame and guilt for saying, no, I cannot, I choose not to handle this today. This is not a priority in me um, showing up as my best, whatever that looks like today. So the question I just asked a little while ago was, how do we even decide like what is important on an on a worst day? Well, for me, I'll just share from my own perspective. For me on a really hard day, the thing that's most important for me is, I guess, I mean, I'll say mental health, but like more specifically, it is um, not doing anything that is going to prolong or contribute to this spiraling out of control. It is managing and monitoring what I'm allowing into my space and what I am giving out to so that I don't, so that this, this state that I'm in for that time doesn't pour over into the next day and the next day and the next week. Because as we all know, with spiraling, with cycles, with waves of anxiety and depression, they can, I think one of the biggest fears for most people who struggle with this um, regularly is how long is this one gonna last? How long am I gonna be in the deep dark hole for? And the thing that I have learned through my recovery and my growth is that the continuing to do the work, continuing to allow the triggers to not be something to like retract, retreat from, but instead lean into and learn more about yourself and how to unblock um, that, how to how to stop reacting to the triggers, but instead responding to them in a way that honors how you want to be at your best and it's just like a constant learning and being willing to step up to that um and sometimes that looks like yeah being in the deep dark hole for a few days and coming out and seeing something new and learning for next time i feel like i thankfully have done so much work that if i slip down into any darkness it's for no more than a few hours and it's not as deep and it's not as dark as it used to be at all. And I have different mechanisms, whether that is like within myself that I call on, I guess you could say, or I use good friends as, and my support system to reach out to, to kind of help me to climb out of that before, you know, anything slips further deep down. Because I also know from so much work that I've done over the last 10 years, I guess more prior, more work has really been done in the last like five to six years. I know what pushes me into the hole. I know what makes me go down deeper into the hole. For me, a lot of that is not getting enough sleep. So my client actually sent me this really interesting um, like phrase to describe, get ready for this, this phrase that describes you know, like after a really long day and you put on the TV or you do something, maybe you go on your phone 
and you're distracting yourself from going to bed um and you like are up for hours and hours and hours and you're like i know that i should go to bed because i really need sleep today but you just don't and so you kind of procrastinate going to bed i used to do this in my prime depression because i was so overwhelmed depression and anxiety because i was so overwhelmed by the thought of getting up and doing like humaning the next day that i would procrastinate going to bed so i wouldn't have to wake up and do that right away but she sent me this post and it's called revenge bedtime procrastination like how perfect is that name um revenge bedtime procrastination this is how it's described the act of staying up late out of frustration that work or other responsibilities have taken up your leisure time even though you very well know it will lead to negative consequences later if you're up watching mindless tv until 2 a.m after working extra hours you might be dealing with revenge bedtime procrastination so that's just an example of it but like comment below if you've ever freaking done that because i think i'm I don't know one person who's never done that, but let me surprise me. So I prioritize going to bed. I kind of force myself to get into bed, um, which thank God I've like developed these um, keystone habits that set into motion habit stacks. So stacks of habits that once the first one has began like a domino effect, they all fall um and they're just happening so going to bed i wind down i put on um, a really cozy show that i doesn't keep me awake because i've watched it a dozen times already um it's usually like a really like easy show to watch it's not very dramatic i know the characters it's very warm and comforting so i do that i brush my teeth i will put on a nice um like oil on my face that smells really good and i'll get into bed and just be really cozy so that's one thing that I do on really hard days so that I can at least wake up the next day feeling rested, being rested, and have the best chance of getting into a better state the next day. Because personally, I know when I'm tired, even if it's like one night of sleep I didn't get enough, I have a really hard time um, maintaining my focus the next day. So there's that. Um, another thing that I do is I manage what I eat. And when I say that, I know there are foods that when I eat a certain quantity of them, they drag my energy down. They're energy leakers. So I am really um, intentional about what I put into my body as far as water, um, as far as coffee. I don't drink a lot of coffee anymore these days. If it's any, I mean, a lot is relative, but maybe it's two, two cups of coffee that size. Whereas in the past, I used to drink like four or five a day throughout the day, stop drinking coffee around now after breakfast. Um, Cause that will also disrupt my circadian rhythms throughout the day. Circadian rhythms are very much tied to anxiety because there's blood sugar um, and insulin that can be contributing and throwing off circadian rhythms. Um, anxiety can spike when cortisol is spiked and if your circadian rhythms are off and cortisol spiking at funky times of the day your anxiety can also spike so there's physiological physiological correlations there also so i'm very intentional about what i put into my body i'm intentional about my movement and that does not always look like a really intense exercise or workout sometimes it does sometimes that is what I feel will serve me on the really hard days because when I'm getting my heart rate up, and this isn't just anecdotal, this has been proven in research, um, but getting your heart rate up, doing a moderate intensity um, or vigorous 
type of movement where your heart rate is up, you're sweating, um, definitely has a, it, so there's different things besides endorphins that get released when we exercise. Um, one of those are called endocannabinoids, which, um, actually is the same chemical that when we smoke or ingest cannabis gives us that really feel good effect from THC. So it's not from THC, but when we get, when we exercise the same, um, endocannabinoids are released and we have receptors on our brain for that. And that gives us a really like, just like overall great feeling of well-being. in addition to dopamine that is spiked in addition to endorphins as well. So sometimes that is what I need. I need a vigorous set. So I'll jump rope. I will blast music. I haven't, I haven't been running, but I would go for a run. I would do something that really shakes my energy out of where I'm at or where I'm going. And that can like totally shift my energy, which I love. But some days it's not that. Some days that feels too much. My body feels like I don't have the energy to support that, but I still will move. I still will do something. So for me, um, on the like grounding, slower, calmer side of things, um, I really love walking outside. I really love just breathing deeply, walking outside. Um, I haven't done this yet, but I just asked the neighbor and I'm going to do it today for the first time in a really long time, but paddleboarding, stand up paddleboarding on the water, like anything in the water. But that being said, swimming, swimming and just being graceful, um, dancing um, and of course, stretching and of course, yoga. And sometimes for me, it's just the breathing. It's just deep breathing. And I'll put on a guided meditation that um, I get ASMR. So if I hear certain sounds, I will get like brain tingles. And that creates such a relaxation response in my body that I will use that to fall asleep sometimes. Um, I actually discovered, so, okay, if anyone ha has the ASMR feeling when they listen to certain sounds, um, comment below because I'm curious about this. I used to not talk about it because I'm like, this is weird and I'm embarrassed to say that this happens, but I don't even care anymore. But I discovered this in my depression and anxiety recovery like 10 years ago because I would have trouble sleeping and falling asleep at night and I just needed something to give me a relaxation response. And at that time, I wasn't practicing meditation. I was really just beginning my journey in discovering all this. But I remembered that in school, in high school, college, there were be certain professors and certain teachers whose voices were so relaxing that it didn't matter if I had like just woken up, they put me in such a state of relaxation, I could have fallen asleep like that. And I sometimes would in class. And I would just get like the chills all like all over my body, not like in a creepy way, like in a, I'm just extremely relaxed way. I don't really know the brain science behind ASMR, but it's cool. So I remember that. So then I would I looked on YouTube for sounds that reminded for voices that reminded me of that. And I would listen to them and then I would fall asleep. And then ASMR started becoming a thing. And so people started making videos. And I found a girl who made videos and I would listen to her just kind of put me to sleep every night. Um, but how did I even get there? Oh, right. Breathing and listening to certain guided um breath work or just like guided, I don't know, like in meditations, I guess you could call them, maybe even, um, maybe they're hypnosis in some way. It's like a guided visualization. And I will try and find one that gives me a little bit of ASMR feeling, which is always helpful to just completely like relax my body. It's like, oh, it feels so good. So I will do things like that on hard days. Now, 
like I said, I'm trying to prevent this from spilling over into future, into the next day and the next day and the next day. Um, and something that I want to share, which is I don't think going to go, it's not going to be the popular thing. And I'm not saying this is easy to do, but doing things that are uncomfortable, even on your worst day, but are manageably uncomfortable. So what I mean by that is if it's uncomfortable for you to get up and get in the shower, that's an example of what that is. So it doesn't have to be, you know, like you go public speak, nothing like that, but something that disrupts your physical comfort from wherever you're at. If you're sitting on the couch or you're laying in bed, something that completely changes your energy where you have to go into a different room where water is great for this because it's a different substance that is hitting your body um, and it has energy of its own. I know that sounds weird, but it does. And um, even cold water, dipping your entire face in cold water can create a vagus nerve stimulation response, which causes the body to relax. So that is one of many vagal nerve stimulation exercises you can do to turn that on within yourself. Another one is singing. If you've ever noticed how much better you feel when you're singing out loud, even in the car or at home, that's because your vagus nerve is being stimulated in part, okay? Um, but it does play a big role in why you feel better. You're breathing deep, think about it, you're breathing deeper, your entire diaphragm, chest, lung, everything is relaxing. You're probably doing a lot of nasal breathing, even if you don't realize it. And when you breathe through your nose, we um, release nitric oxide, N-O, nitric, nitric oxide, N-O, which creates so many incredible responses in relaxation, as well as um, boosts our immune system. It's phenomenal. There are so many things happening in these basic, simple things. And we just think, oh, it may be, maybe it's all in my head. Guys, it's not. And there's finally really cool science to back up why this is affecting us in such a positive way. If you've ever noticed, if you are in like a dark place and you don't feel like singing, if you're somebody who loves to sing, right? And you find yourself in a dark place for a while and you're like, I can't even remember the last time I sang. I think it's so interesting how being in a dark head place, mental place, we know what can help us feel better. And yet like we forget, like it's like, it makes us forget. If it were to have a personality of its own, it like makes us forget all the things that we know help us feel better or we don't feel like they'll it'll have as big of a difference but i promise you it will um so i'll force myself to do things like that like i said get in the shower cold shower cold water um dip my face in ice water um sing different things again to help fill my energy to help pour into myself and what i'm showing up for that day a lot of things i'll say no to a lot of things I will, if it's not a priority, I will ask if it could be rescheduled and I release any shame and guilt I feel around that because you know what? People reschedule things all the time and it's fine and it's okay. Um, so it's really me that has the problem with it. So I release that and I immediately know when it's the correct decision because I feel lighter. But I will say I have noticed that even sometimes though I want to cancel something, um, just so I have the rest of that day to myself. Sometimes it serves me to have something to push myself to show up for. And that also helps me retain my energy. So even though I have to push myself and even though I might fight myself a little bit to getting there, once I'm there, it's not an energy suck. It's actually an energy builder. I'm collaborating with someone. A perfect example was yesterday. 
you know, I was, I was feeling funky, just like news, the world, a lot of it was really getting to me. So I was preserving my energy. I was filling myself up and I found myself asking like, should I reschedule this podcast interview that I have um, later today? And part of me was like, oh, it would be great if you didn't have this today. But the other part of me is like, no, let's keep this because this is going to be a quality conversation. Show up authentically, show up and share like what's on your heart, (laughs) what's on your, like what you're experiencing, what you're going through today. And just like, let that other person in. Maybe they're experiencing something similar themselves. And even if they're not like open that dialogue up, like being vulnerable creates vulnerability. Um, And this was a situation where we were going to have a vulnerable conversation anyway. So it just kind of um, enhanced that. And I found by the end of it, my energy had completely shifted. I felt amazing. I went for a walk afterwards and I just disconnected to connect. And it was, it was good. So that knowing myself in those ways, I will keep things that feel, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just, I just see. Sometimes I don't know if it's going to refill my energy or not, but I just show up and I decide I'm going to see what happens. And sometimes it's a total suck. um, But usually I can identify the suckers, (laughs) the energy suckers. Um, and I will cancel, reschedule, responsibly handle that in a way that I can, um, continue to maintain my energy. So those are just some of the things that I personally do. As you can see, it's nothing like major, but it has a major impact on me and it's nothing magical. Um, but it does have a magical shift on how I show up for myself. A big key thing is letting go of any of the game, the game, the shame or guilt around it. But yeah, the game, (laughs) the games we play and screw our minds around with. I let it go. If I feel it coming up, I just take a deep breath and I acknowledge that emotions aren't facts and thoughts aren't, you know, always true either. So just because I feel this way doesn't make it a fact. And I can choose to let it go if it's not serving me and be okay with that and truly be okay with that. Everything that I do is so that I can feel my best, so that I can show up as my best, so that I can continue to give the best of me and not what's left of me to the world, to my family, to my community, to my work, to the world. Let me think. A couple other things that I do are I will manage how I am consuming news and social media or media in general. And I find that when it's kind of like coming at me, like in a scroll or a newsfeed or on a TV or um, listening to something, and I can't really control what is happening because it's just popping up on my screen or into my ears, I will choose to not engage in that way with news or media for that time. Instead, I won't completely block it, but I will choose how I consume it. So I'll read because I find that reading about something still allows me to be informed about what's happening, which I do care about what's happening and want to understand and want to know the status of what's happening in the world right now, even though it's scary and even though it upsets me very much, but I do want to know. So reading, I find, does not have that same like visceral trigger for me, but I can still understand what's happening and still um, hold a space for it. Also, I can just stop reading if I need to. Um, So that is how I change my consume media. I never watch news ever. I never put the news on because it's just they're really good at what they do. And I don't want to fall into that trap. So I never listen to the news on TV um, or even on a podcast anymore. I just read. Um, What else was I going to say about that? 
And then I will go and research or Google like ways that I can do something if there's something I can do. So like if I can donate to a certain cause or if I can help elevate a message or um, a cause or a charity that I think is doing really great things and should be elevated. So I'll do that. I'll send that out to people um, so that I can feel like I'm contributing in some way. I think a big part of this is like we feel out of control and we feel helpless when we start to really get into this spiral. And so when I focus on, okay, what can I do even if it's like the smallest pinhead of a thing that helps me feel like my feet are on the ground, I'm contributing in some way um, and start there. Uh, another thing I reinforce with myself is that anything I do today is enough. So whatever I do, whatever I'm capable of doing today is enough for today, is enough for this moment. And I truly receive that. I truly allow myself to receive that because just like in giving yourself permission to eat, I've realized this correlation, this parallel. When I teach people to overcome binge eating, we work on giving ourselves permission to eat every single thing we put into our mouth, regardless of what that is regardless of if that's a food that you've historically binged on, regardless of if that's a cheesecake car, like whatever, if whatever it is, because there's such a thing as even though I'm not physically restricting it, I'm mentally and emotionally restricting it. So figure this, have you ever eaten a slice of pizza? And as you're eating the pizza, you're like, shouldn't be eating this. This is going to be so many calories. I'm going to work so hard at this. This, I'm so bad. I am, this is so bad. I am being so bad. I'm off my diet. I should, I'm not even going to tell my trainer. Like I'm not even going to tell her. That is mental and emotional restriction, even though you're physically um, not restricting. So I find the same thing happens with any, anything that you're choosing for your life. It's the same. You can choose it, but also be beating yourself up about it and judging yourself for it and piling on the gain. I keep saying it, piling on the game, shame and guilt together equals game, <laughs> piling it on. And so you're choosing it, but at the same time, you are restricting it. And whenever we do that, we dig ourselves into this really deep hole that is going to get harder and harder to get out of every single time we do it. So um, for all of you who know what I'm talking about, comment below or at least send me a DM so that we're on, I know we're on the same page. So the same thing, um, whatever you say no to, whatever you do to maintain your energy, drop the game. I said it on purpose that time. Drop the shame and guilt around it. Give yourself permission to make the choices that you're making because if you truly believe that you are doing the best that you can in every moment, then you'll always support that. And even if it is limited, even if at some point in your life, you know, months down the line, you could maybe make a better choice for yourself. That's not better. That's only because it's serving that version of you in the future. So whatever choice you're making, align with it. Just freaking own it, you know? I just did a really good podcast interview. She was a guest on Wake Up Your Warrior. It's going to come out in probably next month. Um, but Marsha Van Weinsberg, can't say enough amazing things about her. She wrote a book and also has a podcast called Own Your Choices. And it's awesome. And so is she. Um, actually, today I'm on her collaborative podcast with Marsha and Sue Rue, and their collaborative podcast, get ready, is called Everybody Holds a Story. How great is that title? Everybody holds a story. Like everybody holds a story. Everybody. 
get it? I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Um, but my interview on that podcast just came out today. So that the link is on my stories. So go listen, go subscribe and follow that podcast. Every single episode is amazing. And also they're writing a collaborative book, meaning if you are somebody who has a story or think you might have a story, because everybody does, about their body, that you have been like having little pings that maybe you want to share this in some way, they're creating a collaborative book and they're literally coaching all the authors who sign up to come together and write this book and it's going to be published next year. How freaking cool is that? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Please don't forget to rate and review this podcast. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe or follow it so you never miss a new episode each Monday. If you're looking for some tools of your own, you can download my free guide where I give my 10 best exercise ideas when you're feeling anxious or depressed. Each of these ideas can be used depending what your body is needing in the moment. It's a really great resource that I love and I include a few videos taking you through so you don't feel like you're doing this alone. You can find the link below in the show notes. Have a wonderful week and I will see you next Monday. Bye, warrior.